Hello, Mitch. Hi, Steve. How's uh, it going? I'm tired. I'm sleepy. I should yeah. be in bed. It's past my new bedtime. My new bedtime is six o'clock. It's not. For real? No, it's like two in the morning now. It's terrible. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we are in the thick of isolation. This is yeah. isolation episode number two. Welcome back to Everyday Meeple, where everyday meeple stuck in their homes talk everything meeple. Yes. Uh, how's it going over there? Uh, we, this is where we get to check in with each other uh, throughout the week because um, we don't see each other face-to-face to play games anymore. We talk yeah. to each other like we, this. Uh, we've been good. We, uh, we had, uh, it's been a fun week. We, we stopped playing. We've been playing Bees, which oh, is right. yeah. Uh, yeah. a real-time dice-rolling uh, collection game where you're, you're, everybody has a 16 flower tiles and everybody has five dice and you roll the dice all at the same time trying to match numbers on, on these flower tiles of everybody so that everybody's 16 tiles are available uh, left and right but we only play with three people so everybody gets everybody's and then you're building right. a honeycomb whenever you get win a tile you flip it over and you make a honeycomb with different colors and then you get points for the colors that match and it's Macy's loved it it's a real time game and she she likes real time games but she doesn't like right. timers and she doesn't like noises but she she loves the, the game it's super she can't win but it's super fun for her and it's been a great week because we've stopped playing that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, real time bees. Uh, it, it was a fun game, uh, but it wore out its welcome pretty fairly quickly. I mean, and it, I was surprised that that she would keep winning. Like, uh, I was starting to get scores like thirty six points, and she was getting like eight still. And and right. but but still, she wanted to just keep playing it. And like, and Melissa and I, you know, it's it's fun. So yeah, we have no problem with it, but we we were able to switch her on to other games. Now we're playing Donut, and we played the Unlock Escape game, and like we've we've played other stuff, and it's so right. it's been it's been great. And we were playing Takenoko again, and she destroyed us at Takenoko. Right, Takenoko. Takenoko, the the I've only played uh, it once. Uh, it's it's a great game. It's uh, who's that? Days of Wonder? No. Oh, uh, maybe yeah. Madigo games, maybe I think it's Madigo, uh, but it's beautiful beautiful game and it has a has a days of wonder feel to it it's a very family yeah. light uh super colorful it's a game where you're playing uh i don't, I don't know what you're playing as you know it's the story is <laughs> that's true that's a good point the story is in i don't i'm not even sure anymore uh you're, you're in a garden there's a yeah. gardener who's taking care of these beautiful gardens for an emperor and the emperor was gifted a giant panda and the giant panda roams around the garden eating the bamboo. That is, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I'm reading Those it right here. Colorful <laughs> tiles, uh, beautiful actual bamboo stacking pieces of uh, like pink, yellow, and green. And the, the whole game, you're, you have three different types of cards. One's for the gardener, one's for the panda, and one's for the tiles. And you get points by getting different arrangements of the stuff. And everybody plays with everything. So. Right. The whole board is accessible to everybody, and every time you grow a thing, everybody else is growing the same thing, and they can get points off of everything. So you don't own anything except the bits that the panda eats, and you put on your board. Right. And like, it's pretty fun. Uh, well, it's totally fun. It's really fun. Yeah, it left a great first impression on us. I remember that. Oh, yeah. there's irrigation pipes. You gotta, you gotta lay. You gotta irrigate from the center pond in order to be able to count your tiles. Right. Right. Uh, 
Uh, but we we started playing it with Macy a long time ago, and she she liked it because it's so colorful and fun. Uh, but now she's got it. Like now she gets the game, and oh man, like she beat. Uh, we played two games in a row the other day, and she won. She won by like six points the first game, right. and then she beat. Uh, Melissa had the lowest score, and she almost doubled Melissa's score. Like That's she, amazing. Second game she beat it. It was she had forty four, and Melissa had like twenty four. Like That's twenty impressive. points. Because there's a little bit going on in that game. And that's what I was going to say to you when you were talking about bees uh, is the blessing and curse of children's games, right? Mm. Especially because, you know, our kids are growing so fast. It feels like, you know, it's cliche, but it's true. Um, that not that long ago, we we're just excited to get them to play anything. So we're just pulling children's games off, going to the, the game store and just buying children's games and trying them out. Uh, and all of them are great the first or second time and then really quickly like oh god like we play too many monkeys a lot and it's fine it's fun that's the I will, yeah at a restaurant i don't mind playing too many monkeys till the food yeah. shows up but this is what i mean the blessing is great my kids are playing games uh the curse is oh my god too many monkeys is nothing but a random draw a card off the top of a deck fest and wait 15 minutes to see who can get down to their last monkey out of six of you know just flipping cards but the beauty then is that our kids are getting to this age where, yeah, you can play bees for a week straight, but then you can say, well, let's try this to Takinoko or I never pronounce it right. Takinoko. Yeah, yeah. And it works, works with a seven year old and they can figure it out and they can beat you. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's feeling really good playing some medium weight games with, uh, with our kids right now. It's cool. We played uh, unlock the other night and unlock we were talking about it i think last week uh, oh right yeah where it's an escape game so you get it's and it, this one works this is one we mentioned because there's downloadable content uh right. So, so right now you can go to uh i think unlock a space cowboy yes it is yeah uh, and you can go to their website spacecowboy.com i'm assuming and you can download their uh they're not tutorials but they're like uh sample games basically so the box is right. a huge pile of cards in a small box and it runs on an app and the samples that you can download are you know half hour 18 cards or something right. very very small and manageable but it's free stuff so you can try it out and there's about six different free ones that you can download and play with and they their system is very simple but the puzzles can get tricky <laughs> and they have a right. little rating system of one lock for easy and three locks for hard and two locks for you know, in between and so so the other day macy watched uh, she wanted to watch wizard of oz so we watched wizard of oz and the unlock box game that we have is wizard of oz and we've been waiting to play it so we're like right it was it was almost it was bedtime after the movie it's like it's it's bedtime but you know oh. we're in isolation so who cares she wanted to stay up and play a couple games so right. we're gonna play play something like probably bees <laughs> and and i said well why don't we why don't we try try this first and we'll just play it for a bit and and see if you like it and we ended up playing it for two hours oh wow to solve this and but she kept getting stuff she kept getting things that melissa and i hadn't seen yet she kept like i was like oh i think i've almost this this probably works this way and she'd be like oh what about this and we'd be like oh my god that's it and so wow. she kept she kept solving stuff and and that's a, a three lock puzzle right so that's their right. hardest on their scale and we're like, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> so then the next day, I was like, well, why don't we try this this sample game that I have? Because I ordered uh, 
one of their right. early demos. Yeah. And it, but it, it was only a two lock. So it was like the middle of the scale. I'm like, we're going to breeze through this. And that was an hour and we couldn't solve it. Oh, wow. We kept having to take hints and hints and hints. And like, you know, we faked our way through it. It's uh, and we couldn't do it. Uh, wow. I was going to ask you, cause we haven't got the chat since you played it. Uh, cause the only comparable game that I played is the, the time we sat down Halloween and played the mysterious manor exit. Uh, it game, was, right? uh, the, for something cabin. Oh, right. Yeah. It wasn't, I'm confusing a couple of different yeah. things, but yeah, it was like the cabin, the haunted cabin or yeah, I can't remember what it's called. The cabin I, one. I'm on the wrong side of my game shelves. I can't see them from here. But I was going to ask you, how does the unlock uh, compare to the exit? It's a way easier system, right? It's uh, the way that there's like four different sort of things. There's like cards that just have the story on them. And they'll have my, a picture with maybe some clues, but mostly it'll just be like which cards you get next. And so, right. the, you know, I was able to pass you this game because it's just a stack of cards. And when you're done, you just shuffle it back together and pass it out because you don't have, we, we drew on them with dry erase markers sometimes, but, right. but you don't have to do anything where the exit games are like a one-off, uh, right. you have to cut stuff out, you, you're opening envelopes, you're tearing things up. So, and the puzzles are, are more intricate where with unlock, it's like, there's a, there's a set of r rules basically that say, these cards do this, these mm -hmm. cards do this, and then the puzzle is buried in that. So you, you sometimes have a, a big clue of how to solve something just for the fact of what type of card it is. You know, like a blue right. puzzle piece card is going to go with a red, red puzzle piece card. And that'll like give you a new card, basically. So you, you always kind of have a clue of what to do with cards. Mm. And, then, and then some of them are, are driven in the app. So like if there's a, a card oh, right. that's, that's a, what I was going to ask, yeah. A green sprocket is a machine of some sort. So then you'd go straight to the app and you'd punch in what card it was and then it would give you a puzzle in the app. Hmm. And then the yellow ones are the actual uh, codes that you have to enter. So there'll always be oh, like yeah. a four number code that you have to figure out somehow. And right. then you, again, you go to the app and you punch in which, which card you're trying to solve and then it'll... Or maybe those ones always just know where you're supposed to be because it's a because it's linear for which right. lock you can do next, I think. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, thanks for sending it over. I'm, I'm excited to give it a try. Neither of my kids have seen The Wizard of Oz, so oh, I might no. use this as an opportunity to that's, watch it. That's like a whole day for you. That's great. Does it hold, does it hold up for, for, for oh, Macy? Yeah. She likes sure. it? Sure, she loves it. I mean, it's it's a bonkers movie, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's I haven't got seen it flying monkeys kid, and like. witches and it's... Uh, yeah, I mean, we've watched it. She's watched it several times, and we'll watch it again. Like she loves it. Don't cool. you're yeah. Sam and Violet will love it. Sam, yeah, I'm pumped. Sam might be scared. I was gonna say I have memories of there being scary parts. Like and the witch gets she's mean. Right. You know, and yeah. I th I think that gets to kids meanness. Oh my God! Does it ever? We uh, not board game related, but we've been playing this uh, Wizard School app hmm. a little bit. That's a weird one. You suggested it's a weird that one, one, but it's yeah. It's I mean, anything to you know pass an hour of, of of learning about anything. But Sam picked uh, the other day learning about a strange plants, and the first video mm. was a, a David Attenborough uh, <laughs> like Blue Planet in depth like close up yeah. of a, a Venus flytrap eating a, a fly. See, I don't understand why that bawling. I don't understand why that's uh, like a kids app, you know. Yeah, like, some of you the videos are weird. 
you yeah. suggested it and so we we downloaded it and macy's been playing with it and uh we watched the black holes section like i kept oh, telling because yeah. she just goes to the drawings and like making cats talk and all the all that stuff and i was just like yeah. well i thought it was supposed to be a learning thing make sure you learn something <laughs> and so i told her to bring it over and like we'll go through the black hole stuff because steve had said the black holes were cool because sam so, had a nightmare about it so we started going to the black hole stuff and like that's that's not kid level stuff like there no, was that's it was pretty intense it's weird it's it's all over the place but uh, yeah anyways wizard of I, oz i take offense that they put the word school in it <laughs> He hasn't learned next, anything next from, to wizard from that. I'm okay with the wizard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. She's, she's doing one online. Melissa has one uh, online that she's doing. That's like an educational RPG game, like a, a video game, like a, like a little Zelda. And yeah. she like walks around and like to cast spells, you have to add numbers hey, together. We started that yesterday. Yeah. It's, it's a cool called, one. Uh, prodigy. No, and that might be a different one. It's basically no. It is Zelda because the first, the opening of this game, when after you create your little wizard, it is the, it, it's a perfect shot of the opening Zelda yeah. Super Nintendo game. Um, they're totally riffing on it, and yeah, you cast spells by answering mass questions and stuff. Yeah, seems cool. We've also started playing Zelda: Link to the Past. Oh, she yeah. loves it. So Does good. she? Yeah. I have that here on the Wii. I, I should. I want Sam to be more interested in Zelda than Mario, but she won't. She won't play it much because she can't. If she doesn't have the, you know, whatever her thumbs don't work right yet, and yeah. whenever the bad guys come, she's she loses too much. So she just wants to. She's like me. She just wants to see everything. Right. So, so she gets me to play, and she'll like, because we have it on the projector. She'll like run up to the screen and like point at the map and like, we should go here. We should go see her. What's that? Right. So That's it's super great. fun. Maps, and like whenever we get to like the village. She'll run around and she'll play and she'll go talk to the characters and stuff. But whenever we go, chickens. whenever we go, why well, she's terrified of hitting the chickens because I warned her. <laughs> I warned her about hitting chickens. Right. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I should I should try that. Kids love maps. That's why I, we've still been. Uh, I, I mentioned this last week, but Sam's still hired into Descent, um, and I've had <laughs> I've had to selectively edit um, oh, some yeah. of the some of the scenario text, but he's so into it. We've taken a couple of days off, but we've hit our stride. Two dwarf warriors. And I've had people on Instagram being like, how are you doing it with two dwarf warriors? You got no healers. You got no blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't know. I'm kind of also fluffing a little bit because I'm playing with a seven-year-old, but you can go to, you can go to a shop uh, and buy things. And the first thing I bought was something that gave me four more hit points Sambot, he has a shield and things that allow him to reroll and adds defense. We're just kind of tanking damage and and dealing a lot of damage, which is was really fun. But well, uh, that'll get you through stuff. Yeah, it's totally fun. We just if you can get rid of enemies before they hurt you, you're gonna do and better. And especially, I'm realizing with this descent game, I, you get the vibe. I mean, you played that first scenario in um, in the Lord of the Rings, the most recent fantasy flight yeah, yeah. Ver version of that kind of setup um which i have I get to get this... back to because we we left it right at the boss fight yeah so i gotta uh, try that i was wondering if there was a way we could kind of do that this way i can but well there is you'd be manipulating both things there is but i i think it would involve using steam right because then uh i think the steam would run the scenario so you'd be mm. able to follow along on the map and i'd be able to just do stuff right on the map here with the camera right but i've realized with descent and this is where i was going with the lord of the rings thing 
with these games with Fantasy Flight's app, the longer it takes you to do the mission, the more horrible things start happening to you, right? So you and I, when we play games, we like to explore everything. But if we dilly-dally and go explore every corner of a map, all of a sudden these events start happening. Same thing happens in Mansions of Madness. These, these yeah, events they, start piling up on you. I think with the Lord of the Rings game, that can happen too. But we picked, like they have three different styles to play. Yeah. And we picked the look at everything style. Right. That's And right. maybe that's why it felt a little breezy when we did that. The, but the, the Destinies one that's coming out, the Joan of Arc Destinies uh, from Lucky Duck Legends. Games, I think. Yeah. Uh, whenever we played the the whatever the prototype the demo, of that, yeah. the, we played that one. That That's how that one works. Right. Like if you take too long to get something finished, it finishes on its own. Yeah, you will eventually. So, so, so what I was saying about Descent, though, is it works really well playing with a kid because Sam doesn't have any patience and he's just like, I want, I open that door. I'm going to go open that door. <laughs> I'm just going to go open that door, even though there's monsters everywhere. Um, but he forces us to move through a mission fast so that the bad things don't, don't really happen. start happening. That's cool. But it was, it was beautiful. You would get a kick out of this. The last scenario we played, I guess spoilers for anyone who's still playing through Descent. I don't know. It's random. They're kind of random, but we were, um, and I had to edit this. A priest was kidnapped, and one of his students extracted his soul from his body and put it in a jar. What do you mean? What? <laughs> that, that, that can happen? For whatever reason, Sam thought it was hilarious um, <laughs> that we showed up at this dungeon, and this guy was doing experiments on animals and stuff, and I was editing out that there were like dead animal bodies around and stuff. But um, we finally get into this room, and it's like, over on a dresser is the priest's soul in a bottle. And Sam just busted out laughing. But we had to take this bottle. Like a fish, it, right? Yeah, yeah, just like a fishbowl. We had to take this bottle and bring it to an altar on another part of the map. And then we had to do like a lore check. Mm. Uh, so, you, you know, you, you just roll a couple dice. Uh, but our strength is, is at five. And our lore is at two, both of us. And we, you know, we breezed through the mission. And we got to this altar. And I spent, I think, six turns using both my actions to try to figure out how to what to do with this bottle of soul so i kept being like oh my god sam i don't know what to do with this soul like i can't figure it out what do we do and the, the monsters are like slowly getting into the thing he's like i'm luckier than you i'm coming to you and you give me the soul so uh, he came up to me and i'm like doesn't matter he has the same chances of getting it as me bam got and, it anyways i gave him the soul and i started fighting monsters and on his second roll he got it like ah, oh, you're the smarter dwarf <laughs> but um you're rolling the dice wrong give me here <laughs> but it was pretty hilarious i thought we were going to lose so the bad things started happening as we're trying to figure out figure out this altar and that's what i mean when the uh when the, the app ramps up the difficulty all of a sudden a block of text appears and it's like you lose all your armor and drop your shields <laughs> so it's like oh we're gonna die soon then he figured out how to soul so yeah that's what that's what we've been doing that's uh it's adventurous that's good it's it's the most fun i've, I've had uh playing board games with with sam yet probably because it's, uh, what about you and Susie? have you guys been playing stuff we have been breaking out a few things i'm really excited new to, things did um, you get a new thing out no not yet i'm she's really making some cool stuff with polymer clay and she may even make me some uh terrain for either descent or gloomhaven just to have some dungeon terrain around um, just because she wants to practice and do it, um, but I think what's going to happen while she's while she's doing that, I'm gonna we're gonna get back to Legacy of Dragonholt 
try to finish that. But no, we broke out. Um, Is there... Welcome, welcome to. We finally uh, taught her the eggs. The uh, oh, the Easter eggs expansion. Yeah, which I don't know, man. Kind of made I... the game. Kind of made the game weird. I like uh, what it does because it makes you do things that you've been avoiding doing. It yeah. makes you play the game different. That's true. Yeah, which is which is a, a great way to have an expansion for a game that you can't play different. Yeah. You know, it's a game where these are the things you roll, you cross off a thing. So you're not going to do anything except that. And then they put out expansions that make you do other things, you know, to play the game different where you actually like with the, I don't know if it's the egg one or the, what's on the other side of that? The doomsday. Yeah. The bunker, like putting people in the bunker. You end up one of them. You end up basically giving up on finishing certain things because yeah. once you start going after other points, you can't ever get other stuff done. Yeah, it's true. Not any of it, but there's like there's a trade-off where I can go for this or that, but not both. Yeah. It, we had lower scoring games because we were both kind of experimenting with uh, hunting these eggs, which you can only, anyone who's ever played Welcome To, um, you have to circle eggs with sixes or nines or tens or zeros. Or eights. Um, or eights, right. Um, but it makes you place numbers uh, on your street in weird spots and then it was just totally wrecked with the flow of how we were used to playing the game um but it's cool when eventually we run out of the sheets for the core game we'll have no choice but to hunt eggs and the rescue people eggs expansion for that game made me understand so much better how to use the a and b i can't remember what that's called the a and b you know where you can put uh the oh, biz the, is it the biz? biz the b-i-s bis biz bis biz Bies. uh because the only way to get some eggs is to then do like 16 b right and 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 there's a rule that i didn't realize because i never used it before uh i didn't chase the a's and b's much but you can't uh a and b through a fence oh so if there's a if you put up a fence you can't mm-hmm. you can't put your a or B on one side or the other of the fence. Right. They have to be in the same. That's good to know. Chunk. Hmm. Yeah. I feel like our, our podcast has now degraded to you and I just catching up. Yeah, it's feeling that way, <laughs> which is exactly what we're doing. But uh, so, but this is what we've been doing in our isolation time, playing some games. But, uh, of course, we've also been looking at some other things. We talked about print and plays last week. Um as like a, a a way to you know what else can you do with board games if you don't have a collection um or where else can you find them and but, the publishers have been putting out content uh like crazy this last week oh man have uh, they ever to for for this situation for people stuck at home for for a lot of it uh, now for because local game stores have been forced to close a lot of times some yeah. of the publishers have have really stepped in and and been releasing downloadable content and i've seen publishers having massive sales while they can still uh ship and and some are using the money and i can't remember specifically there was one company that has a deal where if you buy a game from them and when you're on the order form you put in what your local game store is and they will give 10 percent of that sale to your local game store oh wow that's awesome but i can't remember what publisher said that so it's a terrible uh bit of news Publish, yeah, publishers have been have been just going wild with it. 
I, I sent you a link last night, which we can, we can put in the notes. Uh, there's a nice geek list going on board game geek, uh, where someone's just compiled or people keep dropping in items of print and plays and just free stuff that publishers have posted. I think I was talking to you about the King Domino expansion that, yeah, uh, that Blue looks pretty games good. released. And, and it's little... not too big. It's easy to print and put that one together. It does yeah, require you to have King Domino though. You, you looked at it. You have, yeah, you yeah, I downloaded it, yet, it. though. No, I... I downloaded a whole bunch of stuff to print, and I haven't right. print, printed anything yet. We're, we're almost out of ink, so I got to pick and choose. Yeah, no, I know. It's kind of tricky. But yeah, just, just skimming through this list, there's some games I'd love to try. That um, Days of Wonder, Roll and Write Corinth game is on there. Yeah, I've um, been wanting to see that one. Yeah, me too. I've almost picked it up once. Um, but yeah, I'd be really interested in giving that a go. It looks like and a fun take that's on Roll an... and Write. That's an easy one to print because you don't need to print the rule books. So you just yeah. have to print uh, like the, the little player mat and then each person needs a sheet to uh, do the roll and write on. Uh, and then you just need 12 dice. Yeah, you just got to find the dice. And if you can't find the 12 dice, you just start opening every other game you have <laughs> <laughs> and, and pull the dice out. You need like three of one color and nine of another color. Yeah. it's uh, That looks really fun. Um and uh, the other one, I don't know if you got a chance to look at Explorers of the North Sea because I, you own that game and I played that with you and it was quite fun. Um, they've also released a little mini expansion. I downloaded it as well. Yeah. So much so much fun stuff. And again, Print and Play Arcade, the pnparcade.com, new publishers or, or new games go free almost every day. They, they have like something else that's free. Really? So it's worth checking out. Uh, and WizKids, one of my favorites this week, I went to uh, wizkids.com and they have Super Skill Pinball uh, 4K. It's uh, huh. a downloadable roll and write pinball game. So I'm excited about that one because it's a because it's a pinball game. And is, is it uh, does it look like a pinball machine? Yeah, it's it's just like four eight and a half by eleven sheets. One of them you don't even have to. Well, you only have to print one. Two of them are right. rules. One of them is the glossy cover kind of thing. And then, uh, and then it's just a score sheet that you, that looks like a pinball machine, and like you play three rounds, uh, which sort of represent your three balls, and then uh, you roll and you travel around the machine, scoring in different ways. Awesome! It, it's fun if you love pinball, and you don't have a pinball in your house, it might be <laughs> it might be a decent substitute. That's awesome. I was looking at, I'm trying to find um, where I heard another nice thing that Stonemeyer Games decided to do. Uh, and I had it brought up here. They just announced uh, My Little Scythe. Did they have an expansion coming out for that? Oh, right. Um, Pie in the Sky. Yeah. Looks like they've got some little airships and a couple new, new factions. Because it's Scythe. So, yeah, right. Yeah. And I even wondered if the factions, one of them looks like maybe. Uh, like a wolf, like maybe Fenris? Well, the the story, like it's it's the Scythe universe, and this is just like it's like the baby Muppets. Yeah, right? these are this is these are like the baby Scythe. Yeah, it's a very adorable game. I it's one I wonder. We were talking about our kids earlier. I wonder if the kids would like it or if it'd be a little too abstracted or weird for them. I haven't really watched the playthrough of it or anything, but um, it's it's neat. The battle system and that is just pie fights. 
Yeah, because it, it's inspired by uh, a fan-made My Little Pony site, yeah, yeah. right? Which is Which, uh, a great story, like just for the fact that this guy had made uh, just a rules variant where you be reskinned uh, sites with My Little Pony stuff. And for the longest time, they had you could download the the graphics for the board and everything and build it yourself. And then yeah, and then it got weird and disappeared. But it was the top of the BGG hot list for a long time. And then uh, Stonemeyer Games actually sort of picked it up uh, and polished it over to uh, actually be a scythe game. I think they're still credited as the designers. Yeah, totally. Well, you would. Yeah, that's because be. it's their game. They're on right? board yeah, with I it. Just, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't sure if like James, if Stonemeyer Games took it and then no, no, they came on board. It's their game, right? There's a there was a whole he had a whole article going on where he talked people through what was happening with it. Uh, oh right, yeah, I do remember that now. Yeah, this is um. Oh right, this is what I was reading about Stonemaier Games. I found it. They put out a couple April Fools products today. Today's April Fools' Day. Oh yeah, April Fools. Well, it's no, it's Sunday. What are you talking? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, they put out a couple of uh, April Fools' products that seem like jokes, but aren't jokes. They're actual r- real products. One is a uh, chocolate-colored candy egg trays for for uh, Wingspan. Mm-hmm. So that they look like, I, I guess, in reference to how those look like delicious mini eggs. Right. Now they're just resting in like a chocolate bar and they look even more like mini eggs. Uh, and the other is a an embossed magnifying glass. It looks really cool. Actually, it comes in like this velvety case and it uh, a magnifying glass unfolds with the Stonemeyer emblem on it. Uh, so you, you can read small text on uh on carts that's nice uh, which is poking fun i think at a couple of their games that have really small text uh, but the income um it's it, they say here that if your income has been severely impacted by coronavirus pandemic and you're struggling to cover the costs please fill out this form and we're going to provide direct aid uh, from the sales of these things um so they have a form on their site that you can fill out if you're falling on hard times and uh that's even a step beyond just releasing a free game or it's pretty cool. It is. Uh, you know, one of the things that I had wanted to talk about last week and didn't uh, was the convention stuff. I was saying oh, to you yeah. before where it's a weird, really weird time where conventions are dropping like flies, uh, cancellations. Yeah. And, and that's, that's a, it's like a big part of the board game community so many people just flock to conventions so they can meet people and collect their games and all sorts of stuff. It's such a big thing. And so it's, so it's sad. And I was saying before when we were talking how uh, there's one called Gen can't that happens every year when Gen con happens for the people who can't go to Gen con. And I'm guessing that is uh, depending on where we are in the world at Gen con this year, that is going to be huge. But, and I know we spent a whole lot of time trying to find it before the unconventional gaming con by Discord. Right. I I should have looked this up again because I know oh, right. I had it wrong. The convention over Discord. Yeah, so there there's uh mm-hmm. it's the Independent Gaming Association, I think. Right. Is putting together uh, a virtual convention and they're using the Discord servers and so they're building a whole bunch of different rooms as if it was a convention. So there's the, the, they have room for the lobby, a room for uh, they're having a cosplay event. They're having all kinds of stuff. And then they have uh, the gaming rooms that seems like they're being hosted by different publishers and stuff. So, wow. 
That's cool. And I Discord the for Indie people who Game don't, Alliance. Yeah. For people who don't know what Discord is, because this is something that just came across my radar like a a week ago, if if that. What's Discord again? Discord. It's like. Uh, what would you call it like uh is it like a chat group or a chat service or it's a server like it's a giant bunch it's like old chat rooms where you could build your own little chat rooms and, and whatever but it's it's modern and it's it's whatever the uh modern day equivalent of that is and right yeah they're just it's like it's gaming focused <sighs> right it's gaming focused it's uh, like facebook without all of the other stuff right you know without all of the Facebook, it's just stripped down to that type of chat room setup where you, you build different channels and then the inside of those channels stuff's going on and it's live chats and cool. I did a I terrible will. job of explaining it. No, uh, no, I get the, forgive me everybody. I get the, it. The website the for the, for that convention though is play unconventionally.com play unconventionally. And it's a free online tabletop gaming convention, May 23rd, 25th. Cool. On the Discord. So get yourself an account. Check it out. Yeah, I'm, I will. That is, I'm going to. That's not a sponsorship or anything. It's just stuff to do <laughs> when yeah. you're trapped in your house. Yeah, we're all, we're all looking for stuff to do, right? I've, uh, <laughs> I've been just fascinated um, by the time this this goes live this us chatting i can't imagine where this price point's going to be but i've just been kind of laughing at the frost haven kickstate oh my god like four million dollars in like three hours or something it's up to 7.8 million dollars as of right now which is pretty insane and the first day it was just constantly rolling like uh the 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 money was just yeah you sent a video it was pretty hilarious i was i laughed out loud but honestly if um for people who are at all interested you know frost haven's a sequel to gloomhaven but the kickstarter is really neat and uh i honestly don't think i can back it because the dollar is so weird right now it's going to make it a 200 hundred dollar game um but and they have the retail uh it's coming to retail yeah there's a trimmed down retail version coming too right you said this wasn't this is the exp- uh this no is i think equal so this think, is the retail style? Yeah, the one? version that you can back here is what's going to retail. You can just get add-ons and stuff. There's no stretch goals or anything, which is kind of nice, actually. But the pay, the Kickstarter page itself is actually a lot of fun. It has a lot of information. Um, I just took part in a poll where he, they have three of the monster groups, um, the new monsters that are going to exist in this northern part of the Gloomhaven universe. Uh, and you can vote for which one you think would win kind of in a fight. These are like different monsters that have been fighting together. And basically there's ways for you to earn points for, so basically if you're on, they have their all gawks, which are like big yetis. If you're on that team, if you can vote for it on a BGG poll, that gets you some points. You can also like change your BGG avatar to this all gawks, which gets the all gawks more points. You can draw fan art or make videos to send in. And anyways, whatever monster has the most points at the end of the Kickstarter, they're going to make specific scenarios for that monster or flesh out that race a little bit more. So just kind of like a fun, silly contest. And then every day they've been releasing a little puzzle uh, where they give you a hand of like three cards from one of the new character classes. They give you a little section of a map with a couple monsters on it. And they basically tell you, how could you, 
how could you beat this monster in four rounds or how could you stay alive in three rounds is the one today or something like that uh, and they they have files where you can print the cards if you wanted to or just bring them up on your screen and just try to puzzle out uh, how to play it if anything it'll just give you a, an idea of how to play the game and for people who've already played gloomhaven give you an idea for uh, how these classes are a bit more advanced and kind of he's put some thought into the mechanics it's pretty neat there, he's a he's a cool guy and you sent me a little while back the uh the app where the guy's reading all the narrative oh yeah that is they've partnered with this guy and oh, he's yeah? uh it's a 15 dollars add-on to get the app and he narrates the whole thing yeah oh wow so they're he's gonna have the frost haven uh, narrative ready it's funny i had said that i wanted that for uh for wasteland express yeah i wanted i want that for wasteland express where all of the daily uh events are are read out like a dispatcher where you can press have just a, an app that has you know all the different things that might get yeah, read yeah. by the dispatcher so you can like just press that button for that card and then get uh just just to make it that much more immersive it's a fun yeah game. yeah it's kind of cool you you also share with me the um as we talked about um, Squire for Hire on our oh my site God. a little while back. I was just going to say that because you were talking about uh, Frosthaven doing really well, which is not comparable. But John Merchant, uh, he just launched his second uh, expansion. Well, it's not an expansion because it's a standalone again yeah, yeah. Uh, for Squire for Hire on the 31st. And, you know, he crushed his goal on day one. And, like, I think awesome. he... I think he uh, got everything he needed in the first four hours maybe yeah yeah and he's saying like in the first little day or two or whatever they've already done th three quarters of what they did for the whole squire for hire first campaign that's so, amazing so they're doing super good and like that's a little micro game uh and it's i think it's still like i backed it and i can't remember i think it's like 16 dollars with shipping included to canada yeah Twelve dollars Canadian is what it reads here, but I was looking at it. You can get because I've played. You have those well, twelve dollars plus four or five dollars shipping. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, you can get the whole shebang because I played the the base game or the core game with you. Uh, you can get that plus the expansion plus like a little set of different squires. Yeah, there's all, like another like twenty four bucks or something. Another sixteen characters to play, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's a cool game. I think I'll that's I'll end up. To me, like that that's one. such a perfect deal for Kickstarter, where something has a great track record and is sh cheap and shippable to Canada. It's such a I can't say no to that. No, well, especially if a Canadian comes along, where yeah, we don't have to do that conversion. John Merchant, he's he's out of Ontario. The art is fantastic. He does all the art himself too. Uh, great game. It is a really fun game and if you do like the art i'm just looking here the uh the custom squire pledge which is 84 dollars. oh it's they're all gone wow all that's gone. amazing that's awesome i'm glad they're all gone but you could have uh backed at that tier and he would have custom uh drew you your own squire card which would be amazing because the the little animal characters are awesome some of them aren't little one looks like a big yak it looks really cool <laughs> anyways yeah awesome you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna because we have this bag and we've never touched it i'm gonna pull a thing out of this bag pulling oh is this the mechanic from a bag yeah i'm gonna pull a thing out of here i peeked uh and pull we'll just we'll just see if we can come up with uh, a bag so what are the rules 
I'm going to pull a mechanic out of the bag and we'll okay. see if we can find like three different games that at like different uh, weights, weights, entry okay. level sort of thing. We'll see if it works. Anyway, I'm going to pull this, uh, this out of the bag. Oh like my it. God. You're not going to believe this. Okay. Uh, I don't, I don't think we're going to be able to finish this. Uh, but that's, Micro games. But that's super funny. <laughs> that is funny. That's really funny. Uh, I don't think you could find a heavyweight uh, micro a hev- game. A heavy micro game? Yeah. Mm. What's, what's, what's the, the definition he- of a micro game, first, like, uh, first well, of all? Smaller than a small box game? Okay. Uh, usually, I think of micro games as the 18-card type games. Right. Usually like a deck of cards. Like, of I think, for me, and I, I would have, I was... If we do a micro games episode, I want to do a whole bunch of historical digging. But I yeah. think for me, it really the trend, like the Catan of micro games, was Love Letter. Right. Right. So when Love Letter got super popular, then all of the publishers seemed to want to try and put out uh, micro games. And then you got stuff like Lost Legacy out of that and uh, some spy games. And like, and, but right. it, but then they have, uh, it became, such a great pathway for uh, amateur designers and smaller designers and smaller publishers because it's, yeah, yeah. it's something that's so attainable. And mm-hmm. then you have a publisher like button shy games where they've put out their wallet line, which are all pretty much, they might not all be, cause I think I have a couple from them that are more than 18 cards. They might be like 24 cards, but they right. come in little plastic wallets. Uh, they're so portable, so easy to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go for, for a heavy game. I'm going to have to reach for it to, just to get the title right. Um, can you still hear me? Or you've stood up and you've, you can. Uh, I'm just looking here just for some clarification. doesn't mean this is a definite thing, but there's a definition existing on BGG that says a micro game is any version of a game with 20 components or fewer oh, wow. inside a retail package with volume of 20 cubic inches or less. So 20 under 20. Wow. Uh, I'm, and I wonder, see, part of the history that I'd like to look up is whether it came from uh, contests. Right. Like they do, like the Game Crafter and other places and, and conventions do uh, game design contests. And so you have like the mint tin games that ended up being mint tin contests. And they, there yeah, was yeah. enough mint tin stuff going around that it became components available through the Game Crafter. So you right. can actually... Uh, prototype and publish stuff through them where they will print mint tins and they have cards specifically to fit in mint tins now and yeah yeah i didn't didn't find the one i'm looking for huh interesting and even though i just said that about a definition they're like any good like any good thread on bgg there is some healthy debate happening that give different definitions so some people say a micro game should just be able to fit in your pocket i like that I'm going like to go with, uh, for the heaviest micro game I can think of, I'm going to go with uh, John Simitov's Limer- Liberation, which I, which I haven't tried, but the rules uh, have paused me several times. I've been reading them and been like, ah, I'll get there. But it's a, it's a heavier game. There's, a, there's like 18 cards per side. And it's, uh, you're playing, uh, one side is one space faction, and the other side is another space faction. Oh, and, right. And the one is the government is trying to find sort of the rebels. And right. the rebels, so the, the rebels to win have to hide for so many rounds. And uh, and for the other 
a player to win, they have to catch them. Right. I remember that this is the one with the really cool sci-fi art, right? Yeah. It's, uh, oh, yeah. I'm showing Steve a picture that you can't see. Yes, I'm looking right at it. It is cool art. I, I like the look of that game quite a bit. But it is kind of complicated, eh? I don't, I, honestly, I tell the rules, I haven't got through them enough and I haven't gotten through them enough to say who I should play with. Right. You know, like usually I, I get through a, a rule set and I'd be like, oh, Melissa will like this or Steve will like this. And right. I haven't gotten through it to pick who to play with even. My turn to stand up. Ugh. Steve is standing up, reaching, stretching. How many cards are in here? What's that oh, one? Way more than 20. Oh, what'd you get? Oh, it's all monies. I was looking at high society, but that's a... a oh, yeah, that's a full deck of cards. Load of monies in there. Yeah, I forgot. I was just picturing it was the... Yeah. Uh, well, before we before we got on the air, because we had talked about maybe chatting more about micro games, which is why we laughed, because now we're talking about micro games. It's true. Um, I tried out, because you had, you had given me a little Palm Island um, deck, which I don't... Because it's, it was just a deck of cards, I don't know who the designer is, or right off the top of my head. Oh, I have it here. But That's uh, anyone. John Metting. Metting. John. Okay. Palm Island for anyone. I'm who pronouncing hasn't. that wrong. I'm sure. <laughs> You're forgiven by me. Um, maybe not him. But for Palm Island, who for anyone who's never played it, it's uh, 17 cards, under 20, um, and it's kind of resource management, but it's. It's really clever. I was saying to Mitch before I, uh, before we started recording that my hand was cramping playing it because it involves you kind of looking at the top two decks of your card and deciding most of the time whether you want to uh, take a resource. So like maybe there's a stone or wood or fish at the top of your card. And then you t rotate that card 90 degrees and, and put it to the back of your deck. And then you maybe you'll flip other cards um, and put it to the back of your deck. You can hold four resources off to the right of your deck together, which it becomes a bit of a dexterity game as well, uh, holding these cards together. I was dropping them at one point, but maybe it's just me, my big hands. But um, anyways, yeah, you play through eight rounds of flipping, of going through this 17-card deck. of uh, deck, um, And I guess, because I'm sucking at it right now, trying to score points so you keep getting better resources and you're looking to score these like housing temple uh housings yeah. and temples and and then just trying to beat your high score at least in the solo game um but yeah, it's the two player there's really a two cool. player variant for that uh where you're playing together but you there's some cards that aren't in your hand that you you can right. sort of both use I've, I've never tried the two player game uh but yeah with that one you're just the whichever cards end face up facing you yeah the star points on that are is is your score and like so it seems right. like the goal is to get as much resources in order to get those last development cards yeah. flip flip to their fourth side because that's where the big points are but it's super hard it is hard but you know what i think it i would classify it as medium because when i first started as a medium weight game because when i first started reading it i was like oh my god this is 30 pages in this rules um which it isn't really but it's just a pdf um but I was like, oh, I got to rotate cards and rotate them 180 and then flip them and I can discard one off the top or choose one from two, uh, from my top two cards. It seems complicated, but once you actually put it into practice, like a couple of turns, you're like, oh, I get this. And you can kind of zip through it. I imagine a game probably doesn't take more than 15 or 20 minutes. Um, 
but I think it would have a it would feel complicated for a second um and I think it maybe would I will put it in the medium weight just for the fact that your hand might cramp too <laughs> I really like that one for for that hold it in your hand thing because uh, if you're waiting for a bus, which I never do anymore, but I, I, I've played the game waiting for you to pick me up. I've played the game uh, just standing around places, and I like that I can have that game in my pocket and pull it out and play it. And there's not a lot of games like that. It's, no. it's pe- people have been thinking about it, though. There's the that uh, Maiden game. There's the it's fairly new, but there's uh, there's another one that you play just in your hand, the same as the Palm Island, but I can't remember. But John. And I'll try it again. John Mietling, Mietling, ah, I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, he's he's the the same guy that did Planetoid. Oh, really? Yeah. That's that big. Which is not a micro game. It's a giant, heavy box of cardboard, which is very family weight game of memory. It's a really great twist on memory, where the board is a beautiful cardboard moon, and you're you're flipping up bits of moon to get gems and stuff. And we haven't played that one with Macy yet, but we, we, we will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't know it was the same guy. That's cool. Uh, I, I would like to try that one. If we're talking uh, micro games, then we have to uh, give a shout out to Elizabeth Hargrave for Tussie Mussie, because I think it is, uh, it, it, yeah. uh, to me, it's, it blows out a uh, love letter. I used I think to, so too. I used to love, love, love letter. I used to love, love letter. But it, I found it really hard to get people to play for some reason. Like, it, I don't know. So I bought I bought the Santa Claus uh, letter. Uh, right. I have the have the Hobbit letter. Batman was sold out, but I figured Batman would be easy to get uh, people to play because I love I love how it worked. But and it seemed like it's such a simple game that I could get anybody to play it. But I couldn't. It was very hard to get people to play. Where Tussie Mussie, it takes yeah. nothing to teach it, and like people will play it again and again and again. And it's yeah, such a great game. I would say that would be a, a lightweight, good entry level micro game for sure. I love that one. And as as I understand it, uh, she did that uh, for a contest where oh, yeah. she, she just uh, figured it's funny. Eh, I can do funny that. You should mention uh, Batman Love Letter though, because I I, I found it at a thrift store like uh, I don't know six months ago or whatever. Me and Susie were uh, going on a little date in the city, um, and I found it as we were thrifting and then we were going to go out to dinner i'm like oh you've never played this this is a great game batman let's play it <clears throat> she you know it's, it was fine rule rules wise easy to play but as we were playing it i felt really weird because of course it's comic art i don't know how old that version of the game is but there are some scantily clad or at least you know anatomically incorrect yeah. proportions on Catwoman and Poison Ivy so and it's... as I'm like holding those cards in my hand and, and the waiter's coming up behind me I felt the way I felt when I was in like grade 7 reading comics in class and mm. girls would walk by and like what are you reading you perv I'm like ah, I didn't draw it Batman <laughs> but uh, That's yeah unfortunately like many games the art kind of makes me a little uncomfortable for a game that I could play with my kid probably but I won't I feel like stuff's getting better, but not maybe totally. not fast enough. I think it absolutely is, but uh, these these games still exist and will exist for a while. That's out of print. But. I'm I'm glad that games like uh, Talisman, Legendary Tales, and Karak 
uh, the two dungeon crawlers that I play with Macy don't suffer from that. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, any, any dungeon crawler has always been uh, at risk of risque. Oh man. Riskily portrayed ladies. And I'm just glad that I have games that I play with my daughter where the people are dressed practically. Yeah. And, uh, and that have, uh, you know, characters she likes. Always, I can't help but love. I, I just love the trend more and more. Like you said, it's getting better and better. But man, when you see female characters, fantasy characters, especially, or superhero characters, and they're wearing an outfit that makes sense for what their job is, you know, whether you're dungeon delving or fighting villains, like you kind of want to be dressed in combat gear and and not a corset um just makes thematic sense but i um i imagine we're we're dwindling down yeah Yeah, we probably got to get back to being isolated yeah i think so oh man well it's always good to see you good to chat about games um hope everyone's staying safe out there and finding some fun stuff to play and finding some things to do to just stay happy and healthy you know yeah i just i got lost i uh, <laughs> lost in my, my lost in my <laughs> isolation lost in my isolation um we do have an email if you ever want to email us uh, feedback at everydaymaple.com yeah thanks for hanging out go visit us there bye bye yeah. <laughs> 